0: Take a look back at your day and think about the times where you naturally helped people. Were those or could those be turned into acts of service? And kind of look at what you already do and how can you intentionally use that as service.
1: You're listening to If That Makes Sense, a Family Life original podcast about what life is really like as a Christian in your 20s. I'm Tim, I work in Family Life's radio production department.
2: I'm Mary, and I work with Tim in the radio production department. I'm
0: Becky, and I work in Family Life's development department.
1: Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Don't you totally feel like he's elbowing somebody there with that? Mm -hmm. As is the matter of some, get back to church. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I'm hoping our conversation today can be doing just what this verse says and stirring up ourselves and hopefully anyone listening to good works, to acts of love, and to putting our, our faith into action. The first question for us today is when was a time you've served but not wanted to and then what was that experience like for you? It's
0: probably a bad time to ask that question, but can I flip the question around? Sure. Because I've I've had a really hard time answering that question, and I think I finally figured out why. It's because one of my spiritual gifts is acts of service. Mm. And when I first discovered that, I was really bummed because I'm like, oh, it's just acts of service. Like, everybody does acts of service. But as I've grown in my faith, I've realized that it is very hard for me to say, no, I cannot help you or I cannot do that act of service because it's just something that naturally comes easy to me. I see an old lady walking across the street or somebody putting groceries in the car, and I just want to go help them. I want to take the two minutes and go do it. Or there's something at church, I want to be there behind the scenes doing what needs to be done. So I think I need to flip that question and when is the time I wanted to serve but didn't for healthy, good reasons, and how did that affect me? And for me, looking at it from that perspective, Not saying no and not serving was really hard, especially leading up to it, whatever the act of service was, whether it was something at church or something we were doing as a ministry. And then while that program, if you would say it that way, was going on, that's where my mind was. And I had to realize that always serving and always being there can be putting too much on my plate and distracting me from the other things that God has for me. And so it was really hard, but it was really good to realize that just because something is happening doesn't mean that it's my place to be there serving.
1: Knowing when you have to say no is in the service of future service, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you've used up all your energy for just any old thing that everybody's asked you to do because they know you'll do it, then you're not going to have the energy for those other things that maybe you're specifically gifted in, those other ways you could give of yourself because you've over Mm yesed your schedule. Yep. Can yes be a verb? (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to answer your question, when was a time you served but not wanted to, my dad in the church I grew up in had a big hand in everything that went on in the church, like church work days. That was his thing. He organized that. So anytime that there was a church work day or just a day where dad was like, okay, we need to go to the church and fix the parking lot because it's stone and a mess. So there would be things like that uh, that I would constantly be going along the ride for. And my dad is very much like you, Becky. He, he sees everything. needs to be done and he has to do
1: (laughs) that. If he he sees it, he has to do it. I I feel
2: that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he, and I admire people like that because for me, I have trouble with that mindset of looking around and being like, Oh, those walls need to be repainted. Or, like you were saying, seeing an old lady trying to load her groceries in the car—like it—it's it, not in my nature to immediately think I need to go help this person.
1: Is it because you—you you might notice it, but it doesn't register as oh, there's a right, need.
2: Right, exactly. I don't register it as I need to help this person. This person is struggling. So I think we need more people like you, Becky. <laughs> um, but back to back to answering uh, the question. My dad would also help people in our church or neighborhood if they needed to, like, take down a tree or something. We would have these wood bees that he calls them. So get a bunch of people together and, like, chop down trees and do firewood and, like, stack it and all this stuff. For me, I was forced to go as the daughter, (laughs) (laughs) as the child. And I did not usually want to go in the first place. But then, by the time like the end of it came around, I I would find myself enjoying the community, the conversations with people, and even just satisfaction of a job well done. That's that's something we would be like, "Hey, Dad, do we get like allowance for this or what?" And he's like, "Well, uh, your reward is satisfaction of a job well done." And I'm <laughs> <Best>. like, "Great."
1: <laughs> Best dad answer. <laughs> ever.
2: (laughs) But usually he ended up being right by the end. And even if I went into it with a bad attitude and like, I don't want to be here, I'd rather be reading a book. I usually ended up like really having fun by the end.
1: Mine is similar to the last part of what you shared, Mary, in that the way I answered my (laughs) own question, the question being, when was the time you served but didn't want to? And what was that experience like? When was the time I served and didn't want to? Every time? (laughs) <laughs> Mostly <laughs> yep. honestly i the opportunity comes up to serve. It's not that I don't take it, I just take it and think, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be rough but <laughs> then, but then, Mary, it's like what you said, yeah where when I get there, I'm doing the work, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're seeing the camaraderie or even just seeing oh i can I can help somebody with this, and I didn't know I could right right that starts to kick in, you start to see that, and then ironically. I'll usually think, why don't I? Why don't I do this more you often? I should do this more often. I should do this more often. <laughs> so, yeah, does that does that give me terrible person points? Um, maybe. Hopefully, hopefully the honesty counteracts some of that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to put myself in those places because it means I've got to give up my time or my energy or just my comfort. Now, I find it really interesting, Becky, that you brought up spiritual gifts and specifically service as a spiritual gift when it comes to service. I think we can all think of ways we've seen other people serve that we find inspiring, but we maybe don't know what that is for us. And I think when we see somebody whose service inspires us, it's because they're serving out of their gift, whatever that is. My second question for us is, what is a ministry of service you've seen somebody else undertake that has been an encouragement to you or an inspiration to you.
0: Mine would be something that I saw my mom do, actually continues to do. Um, Her schedule is very flexible and open in the fact that she raised four kids, she homeschooled us her husband is a farmer, so their schedule time-wise is a lot different than most normal people's. So it gives her a lot of flexibility with her time and a lot of, if she chooses a lot of time available to do things or to serve people, she likes to use that freedom of time and that freedom of flexibility to be able to meet those needs when they come up. Because there's always that Random unexpected need for something, whether it's somebody just fell and needs a ride to the ER, somebody needs a meal, somebody needs a phone call, somebody needs something that you could fulfill in that minute Mm -hmm. if you have the time and the flexibility to do so. Mm -hmm. And watching her over the years use her time and flexibility for the purpose of serving others, no matter what the need is, as long as she could meet it and so for me it's inspired me to look at the season of life I'm in. okay, I might not have the flexibility and the time that she does to serve in the way that she does, but what in my season of life can I be purposefully focusing on as a way of service? whether it's a certain time every week that I go to youth group and I serve there, Or it's a certain project that I'm helping with or a certain time that I'm setting aside for service to look at it in a way of how can I use the season that I'm in to enable me to serve.
1: Your mom sounds like the kind of person I was going to list for those whose service has been an inspiration to me. (laughs) So when my wife and I had COVID over Christmas, uh we of course couldn't go out and things. So we're both young people in our 20s, we're both very healthy, um COVID cases were very mild. So it was more of an inconvenience for us having to stay home. But in that time, people from our church, multiple people were sending us messages. Can I get you anything? What do you, what do you need? What groceries do you need? Those were some of the messages. Other messages were be on your porch at six o'clock. We're bringing dinner for you. Like, oh, okay. okay wow. You know, <laughs> people who both like your dad, Mary, mm-hmm. saw a need, whereas I probably would just have not seen it. Mm-hmm. I would have thought, oh, they have COVID. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it wouldn't have been the question of, do I make them dinner or not? Would have just gone right over my head. Mm-hmm. So one, they saw it like your dad, Mary, and then like your mom, Becky, they either had that time or made that time because they said, I didn't plan for this. We didn't know this person was gonna have COVID. But if I had COVID, I'd want somebody to make a meal for me when I couldn't get groceries. So I'm gonna do it for them. That was an incredible inspiration to me because I felt like, wow, aren't there people who need this more than me? You know, I'm fine. I'm a healthy person. Yeah, it's inconvenient. But so the fact that people decided to meet not just our needs, they chose to meet our convenience, which, wow, that that's like a luxury, right? We didn't need that, but people chose to do that. That was very inspiring to me to think, wow, what, what can I do to meet people's actual needs who are a lot worse off than I am?
2: For me, my answer, big surprise here, it goes back to my dad <laughs> um, and, and my mom too. One of my favorite things that we did as a family was Sunday morning, before church, we would all all the whole family would get together and like cut up carrots, put the chicken in the oven, sort of like get prepared for a big meal. And then we would go to church and then after church, my siblings and I would run <laughs> it's so fun, I love it. We would run around the church and just start inviting people over for lunch.
1: That and so cool.
2: And so, so cool. We would finally get home and mom would be like, Okay, how many people did you invite? <laughs> 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 and then we would have this big scramble for if we invited more people than we planned on having it in the morning we would scramble for more food to make or or we would scramble for chairs and an extra table we would set up and all this stuff. Um, And it was really fun. We'd have – and then people would just start showing up. And it was just – it's such a fun memory for me, just the fact that it's not really a need, but it's, like you were saying, a a convenience for people. Hospitality and the spontaneousness of it always really inspired me. That's – It's just such a fun – I just
1: love it. That's so fun. That's so (laughs) fun. One of my
2: favorite, Mm -hmm. favorite memories of – Growing up in, I and, just, you know, we, we, I grew up in a college town. So a lot of the people we invited were college students. Oh, who, man, they loved that. Oh, free oh, food. Yeah. Are you kidding?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's inspiring. Just hearing that, that wasn't right. even my yeah, memory. Too. I just think, wow, how could I do that? <laughs> and, you know, if you're not the kind of person who cooks, though, can you still do that? Yeah, you can still do that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember a sermon that our pastor gave few months ago really made an impact. He was talking about hospitality which is a huge part of service big part mm-hmm. of this conversation if you're talking about service just making somebody feel welcome like they have a place like they matter like you want to hear them getting them out of their regular routine that means a lot to people and in in his talk about hospitality he said don't feel like you have to be hostess or host supreme like find your neighbor ask him if he wants to come over for a hot dog. Like you can do that, okay? If you can't cook, then just ask him if he wants to come over for hot. dog. Ask him if he wants to come over for popcorn. That really made an impact to me because we do think in our social media culture, in our Instagram-worthy culture, that we have to take a we have to be able to take a picture of our meals or at least of our dining room. You know, if, if <laughs> it's got to at least look presentable, it's got right?
2: Mail all over the I place, don't know. maybe.
1: Wouldn't people maybe feel even more ministered to, to just be able to be like, wow, you you feel comfortable enough to just have me into your real life home where, yeah, dinner's not ready. We're just going to have popcorn. (laughs) That could mean a lot to somebody.
0: Yeah. And when you walk into those places of someone's house where they live and it's not picture perfect, the meal isn't picture perfect. It could Mm be popcorn on the couch with toys all over because you have toddlers and there's something special and unique about that because you're being invited into their everyday life and not the picture presentation of their life. Mm -hmm. And so just that, I think getting over of ourselves and what we want people to see, it helps bring in that comfortability and take those walls down and be like, you are welcome here with the toys on the floor and -hmm. let's enjoy popcorn and just (laughs) do life.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And that's that's tough for us to do because that means we have to be vulnerable and be willing to mm-hmm. take off the facade of perfection.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes!
2: <laughs> no, I am actually perfect all the time. Wouldn't you comfortable just talking about that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I had a verse here. It's a good one. It's First Peter four ten. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's grace.
2: We all have a house.
1: Boom. Yeah, right.
0: Or at Mm -hmm. least a room. (laughs) Sure. Well, (laughs) even so in my situation, I live with my parents and my siblings, and it's wonderful. The social expectation at my age is to have moved out and have an apartment or a house or what have you. But the reality of my situation is my parents live on an organic dairy farm. They're both farmers. They have a huge farmhouse that's been in the house for three generations. They have lots of room. I help out on the farm. I help out in the garden. I just enjoy the atmosphere of it. So living at home is kind of basically a perfect situation. But with that comes a slight challenge, but really a blessing with inviting people in and sharing hospitality because it's not just me who's getting Mm. to participate in that service. It's my whole family Mm. because we have our different friend groups and things like that, um, but we all come together at the same time. So it's like, oh, I'd like to have this group of people over. Are you guys okay with that? Who else do you want to invite? So it becomes one family act of service or communal act of service Mm -hmm. that we get to use what God has given us instead of, oh, I'm by myself. I'm going to invite people over and do it myself, which is also a wonderful, huge blessing.
2: Way more intimidating, though. (laughs) Let me just put that in there. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it is.
0: And I'm sure I will experience it at some point. But no matter where you're living, whether you have a room that you're renting or an apartment or you're with your family, everybody gets to participate. That's a really
1: cool perspective. Yeah, you can't blame anything on your family if something's, like, weird or out of place. It's right.
2: like, <laughs> like uh, my dog um, <laughs> leaves her mail around <laughs> <everywhere>.
1: <laughs> For each of us here, what are the serving capacities in which you feel alive or fulfilled, maybe? I think about those things as... Those things that make us feel alive as kind of hints to what we're called to, what the Lord wants us to do. Becky, you already shared that just helping itself, just service itself is something that you feel called to. Is there a specific kind of service that you feel more fulfilled in?
0: Uh, Yeah, I was thinking about that. And yes, I love the acts of service that I can participate in through church programs or volunteer programs where, okay, every Wednesday night we are getting together and we're going to serve and this is the group of people we're going to help and, you know, usually they have like a night of the week or a day of the week where, okay, this is the set time we're going to do it and this is who we're going to be helping and this is kind of what we're going to be doing. I enjoy those, and they're great, but honestly, they kind of wear on me because it's a commitment the same time every week that it can get very routine. And yes, I'm serving, but it can get kind of boring at times if I don't actively choose to participate in it in a fresh way. Um, So the kind of service that I enjoy is very similar to the popular movement of random acts of kindness. I guess I could say random acts of service because serving is – helping or aiding someone. And I feel most alive when I help someone put groceries in their trunk or somebody drops something and I pick something up or I hear of a need where somebody got sick and needs dinner or somebody needs a ride somewhere. Those random things that I can fulfill at a moment's notice is where I, I feel I come alive. And I think that's because they take me out of the situation. It suddenly becomes this person needs it I can fulfill it, and there's not a lot of time in there, in between there, for me to get in the way of myself and for it to become an act that I am doing and something that I did in my own power. It It's more of a spontaneous thing, so it's something that gets me out of the way so I can focus more on, I helped this person. It made me uncomfortable or it cut into this activity I was going to do, but this is what God would have asked me to do. I like and that. And I was able to do it.
2: Well— you can probably guess that hospitality is important to me. <laughs> um, but like I was also saying, it's intimidating and and that's something that I have to work on. I also really enjoy working with kids. Like I just, I love going to like Awana and helping out with kids. And like last week, it it was just really great because I was working with actually a new group of kids that I don't usually work with. Just sort of hearing about Them and their lives, because it was sort of a laid back week. And so we were mostly just talking and reading a verse or two. And it was just really fun to, it's really fun to speak into kids' lives um, because I know that that is going to stick with them their whole life. Even if they don't remember the specific person or moment or thing that was said, they'll remember I am appreciated and. Loved Mm. and important. Mm. And Mm. I think that is something that I get really excited about.
1: Again, for me to tag off on (laughs) what you were just saying, (laughs) is that service can be just those kind of things, those interpersonal things. The way I was thinking about it, one way we can understand service is being able to do anything that you would be glad if it was done for you. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the golden rule, right? Sounds familiar. Yeah, do, right. And <laughs> <clears throat> I think about uh, well, for one, what you were just saying, Mary. Would you be glad when you were a kid if somebody who was older, who you looked up to, took the time to listen to you and hear what you thought and and ask you questions? Yeah, you would be pretty glad about that. So you can give that to them, and that's service. Going back to an event we we had at church where the public was invited in, people who weren't believers, people who might have been familiar with our church for a time. And our Harvest Festival is an event where people uh, could do that. They got to come to church and just have fun and games and stuff. At that event, one of the the places I was asked to fill by you, Becky, thank you for this in advance. You'll see where I'm going here, (laughs) was to just be a, quote, floater, somebody who went around and just made sure people were knowing what games they could play asking them you I know mean, just making them feel comfortable that's like wow that's that's pretty vague description of things <laughs> but I I got to it and thought oh I guess Becky knew what she was doing putting me in this spot because I didn't know what this was gonna be like but I just ended up really enjoying myself finding that I was just talking to people and asking them questions making them feel comfortable and you know if there were kids showing them how to play a game playing the game with them and all, all of those just interpersonal interaction things. It's kind like of lifting anything heavy or, you know, spraying pledge on cabinets or any of those things I think of like church work days. <laughs> but there I was serving just by interacting interpersonally with people. So all that to say is I feel personally rewarded when I can just make somebody feel comfortable. And then that makes me think, what are what are ways that I can, first of all, acknowledge that that is service, not just think, oh, that's just some weird quirk or something of mine. No, that can be something the Lord wants to use for service. Looking for those opportunities, for those those service opportunities, is, a, is the biggest part of being used by the Lord to serve, because there's always needs. It's just a matter of seeing them, believing that He can use us in those capacities and that those quirks about ourselves really might be ways that he has for us to bless others with and then just doing them. So our last thought for each of us to mull over is to look small, not to be big picture right now, just to look small. What's something you can do to serve another person in the next 72 hours?
0: I think the key there is to look small and to start small. Sometimes I get stuck in my head and I think that small doesn't mean anything and small is too small that it needs to be some big, flamboyant act of service or it's not going to have the impact. But then when I get thinking about it and I realize that a lot of the times when somebody does something small, it has... The biggest impact. I mean, it can be as simple as somebody thought of me when they were in the store and they saw my favorite kind of candy bar, so they picked it up and they got it for me. Just that small detail that they decided that they picked up on and then decided to act upon. So, my challenge would be be aware of the people around you. If you're in line buying coffee and there's a mother who's two people back who you can tell that her kids are just driving her a little bit crazy and her life seems to be going faster than she can keep up with, maybe pay for her order. Yes, it's an act of kindness, but it's also fulfilling a need because she could most likely use an encouragement or a boost and a surprise like that could very easily help her. Or I'm going to go back to this because I've said it a million times. But if somebody needs help, obviously be careful with COVID and stuff. But if somebody needs help loading groceries in their car or you're taking a walk down the street and you see somebody who needs help with something small, it's probably going to take you two to five minutes. That's yes, that can put you behind your schedule, but that's not a huge time commitment. Just quickly take the time and do that. So be aware of your surroundings to find the little thing that you can do. The other thing I would do is at the end of the day or maybe on your lunch break or something, think back throughout your day because chances are you might be serving more than you realize because it's just something that you naturally do is you naturally help people. So take a look back at your day and think about the times where you naturally helped people were those or could those be turned into acts of service and kind of look at what you already do and how can you intentionally use that as
1: service. Yeah, I like that.
2: I think one thing that's really good to point out is that sort of this theme is kind of strung its way through our conversation is just like being aware. Like, Becky, that's just a natural thing for you. You're just magically aware of what's happening and i don't know how you do it (laughs) it's a god gift (laughs) (laughs) Um, but at least for me i think it this is conversation has been really encouraging to remind myself to just pay attention also don't get stuck on what will they think if i decide to actually help them with their groceries you know Um, like i've never thought that's a big thing for me like if I, i i see something Very rare. But when I see (laughs) something Yeah. When I see something that I could help with and it has something to do with someone I don't know, my first thought is, Oh, that's stupid. Like why would they they would what would they think of me? I would be like such a weird person, you know, and like very not legitimate excuses, but I just get in my head very easily. Just be aware, look around. Also, I don't know if Sunday is that seventy that's more than seventy two hours from now, isn't it, it i'm gonna I mean, I'm gonna pretend it, it is I'm gonna pretend but, it isn't well, it's um, not because the uh,
1: show comes out on fridays perfect, so, so that's seventy two <laughs> hours away perfect
2: <laughs> um, but I was thinking about making a meal on Saturday that I could like just stick in the oven on Sunday and have someone over randomly and i I need to work on being more comfortable being a host because that's. Because that's just, I've always wanted to be comfortable with being hospitable and things. But it's, for some reason, it's very intimidating for me because it's like, my family is so good at it. Mm. I'm just like, "Um, okay, what can we do now that we've been sitting here for 15 minutes? Um, I don't have any games. Uh,
1: okay, I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. Everything's fine. Are you fine? Good?
2: (laughs) Good? Okay. Can I get you anything? Water? I I just have water. You don't have to leave, but you can
1: if you want to. But I don't, I'm not telling you to leave. I feel awkward just thinking about
2: it. (laughs) Welcome to my insecure life.
1: (laughs) But that's the thing—is you don't you, and you know this, but you don't need to feel that, right? Because that's exactly. what everybody else. In my head. Right, it's all in your right. head. It's all in your head. Nobody else wants you to feel that way. <laughs> everybody else would feel that way if they were in the same boat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. we're we're our own worst enemies with these kind of things. Oh, I yeah. tell you, oh, just oh, yeah. you've got to yeah. do it and trust that that it's a kind thing that God wants you to do it. And it's going to be good. And it's going to mean a lot to the other person. Mine is very plain and simple. And I think that's part of the key of how I could realistically do it in the next 72 hours is just to do something that I find annoying. Like I don't want to do it. Not something that I think is going to make a big difference for somebody and that they're going to be so moved about that it'll just bring a little tear to their eye that I thought (laughs) of them in that way. And I did that. If I can do that, praise God, that's awesome. But I don't want to get sidetracked trying to think of what's that perfect thing I can do. I can just think, oh, what's something that annoys me so I don't want to have to do it? if it's a chore at home or it's something at the workplace, you know, like microwaves get gross or whatever it happens to be, you know, just those things you don't want to do <laughs> that are annoying to you. You think, oh, but nobody will really notice if I do that. It's not going to really make a big difference to everybody. Maybe it'll be a little more convenient. Maybe somebody else won't have to do it, but it's not going to make it, oh, okay. I should probably do it, shouldn't I? (laughs) So the thing that makes me feel like that, that's what I should be looking out for in the next 72 hours, whether it's just plain thankless or whether it's just plain annoying and I don't like doing it. Maybe it really will be that thing that means a lot to somebody else just got to see it, be aware of the need, and just do it. It's been another episode of If That Makes Sense, and coming up the end of this May, this show will be taking its first ever break. We'll be coming back with a fresh new season for you in the fall of 2021, but until then, we've still got five episodes left before our first break, the end of this May. If you enjoyed what you heard today and you haven't done so yet, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really appreciate this content, we would be so glad if you considered making a gift to Family Life, that's the organization that makes this podcast possible and so many other creative ministry outreaches. You can do that at fln.org slash give. And don't forget to check out the other Family Life original podcasts like Therese Talk, a short form podcast where Therese Maine shares help for women to better serve their families and community. You can find that one and other Family Life original podcasts at fln.org slash podcast. And they're all available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we hope to chat with you in the next one.